Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Lindsay and Krista. We're so glad you're here. How are we feeling? So glad you're here. Let's <laughs> let's take a breath. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it feels good to just like time. It's always, energy is always pushing forward. Mm-hmm. It's always good to just bring it back. Completely. Bring it on back. You are here at this time and place listening to our show. I'm Krista and this is my best friend, Lindsay. We started almost 36 years ago to support people in their evolution. So if you're interested in self-development, personal growth, health and wellness, spirituality, you are in the right place. Thank you to the friend that put you on to Almost 30. We really appreciate it. We are a community. We have courses and programs, an amazing email list. And yeah, we do a lot of different things, but the podcast is our main jam. Yeah. We love it and excited for this episode. We'll get into it in a minute. But I was just thinking, I'm like, we love we love a top of year like predictions episode. Yes. Last year, we did some psychic and astrology predictions as well. And it's always just really fun to kind of have in having a time capsule to look back on and also just as like a guide and a tool to to kind of look towards 2022. Yeah, we have the Astro Twins in this episode. We have one of the Astro Twins going to be walking us through the 2022 astrology report. So looking for like basically a map for all the important dates for 2022 for love, career, living your best life, and tons of important and useful information on astrological trends like surviving Mercury retrograde, et cetera. So we're going to go deep on that episode. We know that you all love astrology and this will be super helpful for planning for your year and just for getting to know, you know about the stars and our relationship to them. And for those of you that don't know, can... Okay, let's share our astrology. Yes. Okay. You guys can guess. Yeah. Guess. So I'm Pisces sun. <laughs> I'm Pisces sun, Virgo rising and a Sagittarius moon. And I am Mercury in Aquarius, which I feel is very prominent. And then I also have four houses in Capricorn. So I think this is the thing with astrology is I read this tweet the other day that was talking about how most people that are interested in astrology are more likely to be narcissists. And I actually, I think that is not true. I think astrology is this like ancient hermetic way of understanding our relationship to the stars. But sometimes I do think about my chart and I'm like, yo, my chart's dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like totally. read all the good stuff about your chart and you're totally. like, I fucking love that about myself. Yo, <laughs> my chart has made me love myself more as it should. Your chart- As it should. That's exactly Your it. chart, whether it's astrology or human design or whatever, should make you love yourself a lot more. I think. Yes. I feel like your Gemini moon helped me a lot. It helped me a lot recently. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> it helps me a lot to understand. But your Virgo, what is your rising again? Okay. So I'm Libra. I'm sun in Virgo, moon in Gemini. And then my rising or my ascendant is in Libra. Mercury's in it. Libra as well. I have some, I have like heavy Libra Virgo vibes. But yeah, my Gemini moon, my Gemini moon is definitely something that when I understood it more, I was like, okay, I'm going to be less critical of myself (laughs) when my mind is super active. And this is like connected a lot to the moon represents like childhood experiences. And so I definitely felt like I had like two identities at least in childhood or like young, you know, 
teens, childhood. So that made a lot of sense. I felt like I had to be kind of two different people and like tend to different people. And so that was confusing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It also explains like my nervousness and just like being kind of high strung sometimes. I think that comes up in my anxiety. I've definitely like gotten a handle of it, but I think to know that that is there is helpful. And I get less of like, I I less, I'm less likely to spiral spiral because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like all my friends are Virgos, which is very interesting. I feel like most of my friends have birthdays within like three weeks of each other. Even growing up, it's fascinating. My best friend from childhood, Caitlin, and then, or no, Caitlin's in November. She's actually Libra. But my one of my other best friends in childhood has like the same birthday as you. Like it's very interesting. The people that I have that are all around that same time are all Virgos. But my um, moon in Sagittarius really helped me to understand more of that like wanderlust part of my personality, that like discovery part of my personality, that rebellious part of my personality that I didn't feel like was expressed, especially in my son, which is in Pisces. That's mm. like my my very emotional, deep, artistic, creative part of myself. But the Sagittarius moon feels more like something that's expressed more often. And that's like the, my rebellious nature. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really understand too. And I didn't feel like it was expressed in human design or even in my son, understanding the Capricorn part of me. Because I feel... Like some people that know me closely in my life would even see me as more Capricorn than anything else because I am very analytical. I do like to work. I do like, you know, these parts of what it means to be a Capricorn. So I agree with you. It's like the chart supposed to help you love yourself more, to help you understand yourself more, to help you relate to other people more. And I think astrology can be really beautiful for that. Yeah. And understanding more too about because I was kind of confused actually at one point. I was like, oh, your sun is what you present to people Mm -hmm. and your rising is like what you're kind of becoming in this life. And that's not true. (laughs) I feel like people describe them differently. I know, I know. I feel like what what we've been told as of late is like the sun is like the core of who you Mm -hmm. are and the rising is kind of what you present as like, just like, you know, your friends Mm -hmm. would say upon meeting you, like she is super, you know, she loves to work. She's super organized, analytical, like that's your cap kind of presenting. Mm -hmm. But at your core, I think like your Piscean nature is just like so, so real. No one gives access to the deep Piscean (laughs) nature that I have. (laughs) I'm putting on this front this Capricorn Sag front, but I'm really just a mushy pathy <laughs> below. Yeah. yeah. It's it, funny, the Gemini too, you know, and also in the other point, Gemini is the only sign that kind of scares me a little bit, mm-hmm. but that's a lot of where my work is. Cause you know, for me, a Gemini represents that two-sided, the, the dual. And for someone that grew up in a household where there was a lot of that like dual personality being mm-hmm. presented of like, hot and cold, that bipolar nature. I always can feel a Gemini and it just gets a little scary for me, but I've actually been, you know, become friends with some really beautiful, fun, amazing Geminis in my life. And I'm like, oh, a lot of my work is finding ways that I can relate to and be safe enough in my body and experience to love whatever sign comes into my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so funny how signs get, get a rap. You know, you're like they Gemini, do. ooh, good, or Scorpio. Yes, ah, yes Scorpio. Oh my God, people, Scorpio. Dude, I remember, I'll never forget it. 
I had my birth time wrong. I looked up my chart. My cat is making an appearance. <laughs> and I looked at my chart and it said Scorpio moon, Leo rising. And I was like, yo, I've never felt so seen. And that was completely wrong. So, you know, that also that also exists. I, exists I recently too, found out that my dad was a Gemini. I thought he was a Taurus my whole life. And that you told me that the other day. That's actually hilarious. It makes so much sense. So much sense. And I'm curious. He's got a, a little bit of Gemini in his in his life. Mm, I just realized that recently. I was it, like, okay. Does he have psycho. a does he have one of them? In like in uh, moon or rising? He has Chiron and Gemini, Midhaven and Gemini, Mars and Gemini. Wow. And we both have Mercury or we both have Virgo risings. Cool. But he's a moon in Libra, Sun and Taurus. So he's got that like peace. Oh, yeah. Peace vibes. Yes. But you can also, so you can get your chart and any information on your chart on the Time Passages app or on CoStar. Um, but you all can find information about your sun rising and moon whenever you um, enter in your astrology information online. Yeah, truly. It's it's really fun. And today will be such a supportive episode to kind of help you dig more into your chart related to this upcoming year. So watching, you know, different transits and just upcomings, it's going to be, yeah, it's really, really exciting. Make sure you take notes. Oh my God. I was really fast. I was yeah. just thinking about when we were on Skinny Confidential podcast with Lauren. And mm-hmm. she's like, so tell me about 12. It was it was like 12, 12, 2020, I think. She's like, so, she was like, tell me about what's going on on 12, 12. It was like that really big portal. Do you oh, remember that? Oh, yeah. Dude, we were like, I don't, we were like struggling. I think struggle we knew, bus. we knew we are not to a certain point. And then we're just like, I hey. knew in my heart. Yeah. But not able, you know, I was like, this is important. Mm-hmm. And that's all I know. Yeah. <laughs> and we were floundering. Dude. You're I like, like, it's kind of like, any- it's kind of like Y2K, but <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> we're like, it's something that you, you want to be really mindful of. Oh. <laughs> and you want to put your crystals out and you want to make a list of toilet burn paper. It. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And you want to do your self care routine. It's funny too, like as a last thing, because a lot of those things, they all could apply. It's like, you could be like, this is a huge portal of like whatever. And you could be like, the same actions are usually taken where you're like, mm. be intentional with your time. Write a list of things you want to let go of, things you want to call in. Yes. It's all kind of the same. Completely. <laughs> you know, it's never like, it's never like, go cheat on your husband I on know, this day. You know, I it's know. like whatever the thing is, it doesn't change. Yeah, literally the same always. When yeah. in doubt. Before we get into this episode on the 2022 astrology forecast, we wanted to make sure that you knew about Camp Almost 30. So Camp Almost 30 was born in 2020 when Lindsay and I wanted to connect with you all over the world and provide information and resources and access to our amazing healers and teachers and leaders that we work with in a free format. So Camp is an online virtual event happening from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific on January 22nd, 2022, which is a Saturday. So hopefully you all can make it. And it is a really beautiful opportunity for you to connect with our amazing community online and virtually, and then the amazing speakers that we have speaking that day. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. You do not want to miss this. It is completely free. And to see our lineup of speakers, go to almost30.com slash camp. 
you will not be disappointed. And make sure you share this with a friend. It's always fun to kind of show up with people you know, and then you will definitely meet new people in the chat. It is truly something that will, I think, change your life. It always changes our life every single time. Yeah. And if you're interested in astrology, we have um, Spirit Daughter, Jill Winterstein, talking about astrology for 2022 as well. We have Mark Grove speaking. We have Rail Bird. We have Kimberly Snyder. We have Manaj Diaz. We have Bethany Webster of The Mother Wound. We have Lindsay and I doing a really special Reiki catharsis movement session. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so much fun and it's free. So almost30.com slash camp. Can't wait to see you. All right. Today we are joined by Ofi. She is one of two. They're twin sisters, the Astro twins. They're chief brand officers and senior advisors to Leela, respectively, and the founders of Astro Style. You know it. You love it. It's an astrology brand. If you haven't checked it out, you must. They reach more than 10 million monthly people with spot on horoscopes. I read mine the other day. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> they have programs and content as well. They are also authors. They wrote The Astro Twins Love Zodiac, How to Get Along with Anyone, and Mom Astrology. And then their newest guidebook is specifically for 2022. I'm excited for y'all to get it. It's The Astro Twins 2022 Horoscope Guide. Yeah, they have our OGs in the space. I mean, I think they were one of the first astrologers that I ever heard of, you know, in L or Refinery29, or I'm not really sure where exactly I heard about them. So it's really cool to have on some people that have been doing this for a long time, have been in the game for a long time, are true experts, and we know that you will love this episode. So thank you for tuning in and listening to Almost 30. It means the world to both Lindsay and I. You can connect with us on Instagram at Almost 30 Podcast. You can watch these on YouTube. We have video. You can go to almost30.com for information about Lindsay, information about myself. You can check out our courses and programs and our membership on almost30.com as well. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this episode and we will see you on the other side. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there <laughs> with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Krista and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast 
And Kristen and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. We can just reroll into it. I love projectors. Okay, perfect. We can talk about human design. We can talk about. Oh, you do? Okay. So I first want to start talking about New York being a Gemini because I was just writing a post. I used to live in New York for a few years with my now husband. We're living in LA. And I wrote a post. I was like, I'm so hot and cold with New York. Last time I was here in September, I was like in love. I was feeling the vibe. It felt so good. And this time I'm like, I feel totally different. It's yeah. like such a love hate. And that's the people respond in that way to New York too, where they're, they either love it or they hate it. Yeah. I find if it's, it depends on where the where the sun is. There are certain seasons that I feel better in New York mm-hmm. than others. Yes. So. so how can a city have a astrology tied to it? Because you said New York is Gemini. Yeah. So the day of the city's charter or founding, it's an event chart. So astrology charts capture a moment, whether it's a human being incarnating or a town being formed or someone getting married. Your marriage has a chart. All the things. Yeah, our marriage was May um, 28th of this year. And I remember we did look at the astrology for it and it was like actually- Yeah, it was an eclipse. Yes. It was a Venus eclipse. Yeah, I think it was. And it was, well, it was also a uh, Gemini, no, it was a Sag, Sag lunar eclipse. It was a full moon. It might've been the next day, the 29th, but- Good on you for getting married on a full moon eclipse. It was beautiful. And then you were talking about, we were about LA. LA is a Virgo. So that Mm -hmm. means the founding of LA was happening around Virgo time. So basically that energy would impact the city's energy. Yeah. So New York is Gemini. It's Gemini rules media, books. I mean, it's a publishing, literate, artsy town, never sleeps like most Geminis. And then Virgo is crunchy, wellness, healthy. I mean, that's LA. Outdoorsy, nature, a little neurotic. Yeah, they're neurotic. On the inside versus, you know, but both Virgo and Gemini are ruled by Mercury. So they're both heady kind of towns. So... Wow. That's why you can go back and forth. Yes. I have my... Something I realized this year too, astrocartography a little bit. Oh, yeah. I have my Pluto line and my Mercury lines going right through LA. Oh, wow. Which was like, I realized, I'm like, wow, this is why I might need to move because I need a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. I'm like, too much transformation. I really am excited to see you because I was saying before, you're such an OG. You're one of the first <laughs> that I ever read about or learned about astrology really? from and... 
for you even being in the space, like what has that evolution been like? Because you guys have been doing this for quite some time. Yeah. Um, you're sort of like the founding mothers of, of astrology. <laughs> and now it's so popular. There's so many people doing it. For you, what has it felt like seeing it gained so much popularity over the last couple of years. Yeah, that is a very good question. That has been an interesting experience yes. because, you know, I always thought of Susan Miller as the OG yes. astro mother, fairy godmother. When she godmother. stopped being consistent, I had to let her go. <laughs> her inconsistency. Yes, and I, I, she's so she's such an awesome person, yeah. you know, but I know that people want her horoscopes on the first. <laughs> yes. So I have set up my database so that it changes over to the next month and Everybody will have a blank screen. So I've created a, a fear-based system to keep myself in line. I can never be late or else I'll have to deal with the bombardment of emails. Where's my horoscope? So it's, you know what, on the one hand, it's a testament to astrology and technology. It's, it's, it, it makes sense. You know, Neptune has been in Pisces since 2012 and it's nearing the end and that was going to bring a spiritual revolution. So the combination of that and technology, everyone has access to this information, but it has forced us to kind of have to differentiate ourselves because mm -hmm. the interesting thing about astrology is while you can be certified in it, there's really no regulation and there's some smart, you know, very smart people in the Gen Z crew that learn stuff very quickly. They come in with, the, they say with a different aura. So who am I to say that they can't absorb this stuff at a fraction of the speed that we Gen Xers did? However, I will say that there is no substitute for years lived in the... I've been looking at the world in 3D and 5D, let's just say. So in the 3D world, maybe I have 20 more years of life lived. And that does contribute something to the mix. But maybe on the 5D plane, their souls could be as uh, advanced as mine or more advanced for all I know. I have to say there's an ego part of me that I want to acknowledge and recognize that I like my mediums and my psychics and my healers to be like very off the grid and very low key. <laughs> like one of my healers I work with has no website, just an email. Mm. You know, another healer I work with has like no social media. You know, I kind of like people to be on the low. I like them to like yeah. live in Peru, like live off the grid, right. never reply. Like I just, yeah. and so I appreciate when there is that earned wisdom that people mm -hmm. have. And I think because I am not in my twenties, so I'm on the edge of being a little bit older and I've been podcasting for a while. So a lot of people have come into podcasting as well. And so you yeah. also have a thing where you're like, oh my God, I've worked hard for this. I've worked hard yeah. to understand. So you get this sort of idea. But I think for anyone, it's really just taking whatever information resonates and what doesn't. So that's pretty much what I do. But I know intuitively what feels good for me and what doesn't and what sort of mm -hmm. sources feel good and what don't. And I choose to just align with ones that I can tell right away, like, oh, this is a fit or this isn't. Yeah. And that has been my work is not judging my discernment because it's more so discernment than judgment sometimes. Yeah, I like with, that. With the information where you're like, oh, not for me, going to mm -hmm. move on. But it's always interesting for people like yourself that have been pioneers to really see how spirituality and wellness has changed. When you're talking about Neptune and Pisces, I'd love to just learn a little bit more about that because there's so many women of our community that are, you know, kind of really experienced or have experienced those 10 years very prominently, I, I would say myself as one. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, well, every 165-ish years, Neptune returns to each sign for about 12 years. So the last time it was in Pisces was actually in the mid-1800s when the spiritualist movement was founded. And in 2022, on April 12th, we have Jupiter and Neptune, which are the two rulers of Pisces, and that's your sign. Mm -hmm. So very big deal. They're going to come together and meet and that could be a real moment of spiritual awakening for the planet. So not to sound that woo-woo, but I think it Please. will be. We're <laughs> I know, super. I think I'm in the right place. You are, I, you're yeah. good. <laughs> yes. So with the spiritual awakening, in that sense, is there something where it's like there's moments that happen or are there the shadows that also impact? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think of the example of December 12th, was that 2020? Oh, the Great Conjunction. The Great Conjunction. December 20th, 2020. Yes, yes and everyone Jupiter was and like so amped. And it was another thing where it was, there were shifts happening, but you never felt a thing. Right. So, it was such clickbait. Yes. I mean, the Christmas star. I was like, it's not a Christmas star. I, I tell people like, if you want to understand astrology, because people are like, oh, did the constellations change my sign or whatever? No. So modern tropical astrology, which is what I use, it's like the 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 movement of the planets in relation to where we are on Earth. So imagine just lying on your back in a grassy field and looking up, and there's an imaginary circle in the sky overhead, and you're just watching the planets move through. And every now and then, a couple of them meet up because they run into each other at the dog park or whatever, you know? <laughs> so Jupiter and Saturn did that, and they do that every 20 years. But it was the, the first time in a couple centuries that they had done it in an air sign. So they were both in Aquarius. And some people felt that that was the beginning of the Aquarian age. I called it the Aquarian decade. So we ha- we went from a couple centuries of them being in earth signs, which is about property and land ownership and material concerns, mm-hmm. to a couple centuries of them being in air signs, which is about community and communication. Mm-hmm. And so we are moving into that new kind of more collective mindset and era. Relationships are changing. Everything is moving from a property-based mindset to kind of more freedom and you make your own rules. So for you as a a probably somewhat newly married person, it's an interesting time to be in a relationship too, because all that kind of, did you feel it? It kind of shifted. People are still getting married, of course, but- it's this whole new context happening. It for is. Everything. It's interesting. We had my husband, one of his very best friends, was saying that him and his partner are like they're becoming open, and they were mm-hmm. like drafting this agreement for their open relationship and blah blah. And we were just talking about the concept, and it's so funny because you know years ago that concept would deeply threaten and scare me, and now mm-hmm. I'm just older, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. It's not for us right now. It's not for me right now. I think my work is in deepening our intimacy together as deep yeah. as we can. But I was like, oh, this is such an interesting concept because before it would have honestly just triggered me. Right. And now I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Sounds great. And I feel like that's happening on a mass scale. Yes. So there's a, a whole movement called relationship anarchy, which is essentially the the two or however many people in the relationship make the rules for it. And if it works for them, fine. I was like, that sounds very Aquarian. Yes. Every year when we write our book, we report on those kinds of things. And 
I always like to see what the trends are. There's the Wall Street Journal just wrote about a trend we reported on a couple of years ago called living apart together, that more couples are like, we, we've gotten together kind of young. Our lifespan is longer. We know we want to be with each other for the foreseeable future, but we also have our own lives and selves to develop. So, hi, you're in Chicago. I'm in San Francisco and I'll see you once a month. And that's working for people unimaginable, probably even yeah. a decade ago. Yeah, for so most. I think people do whatever you want. You know, like yeah. I support people doing whatever's best for them. There's so many times that we're feeling like we're more connected with social media and feeling like we're more in touch because we have digital things in relationships where it's like if mm-hmm. you see them once a month and you're calling them every day, you're in contact. I think for I don't know. There's just sometimes feels like there's a limit where how much are we actually with people? Right. That won't work for some signs. And actually, the North Node has just gone into, well, it's about to go into Taurus January 18th for a year and a half. And Taurus is about the physical realm. That's my husband. Oh, oh, see. Oh, yeah. He'll never. Yes. Never do that. Never. (laughs) Taurus is the 3D world personified. They love being husbands. They love getting married. And they would want nothing more than a warm human body next mm-hmm. to them every month. Good match with the Pisces. Mm-hmm. Yes, it yeah. is actually very good. And my yeah. mom was a Taurus. And I feel like some mm-hmm. of the the properties of the Taurus that were really hard for me growing up are like now I'm healing through him. Yeah, You know totally. what I mean? That like kind of, can, there's like a little bit of that. He's not controlling, but like her parts that felt controlling for me have been healing through him. I get it. Tauruses can be very black and white. They're, what's powerful about them is that they're not afraid to make a declaration. And we live in a world where everything is, every sentence ends with a question mark. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting time because there's a lack of certainty and yes. willingness to put your ass on the line and make, but those that do are so dogmatic about it that it's like, they're like, I know, and this is the only way. And we need to live in a time when you can make a declaration, but also be like, and that could all change. Mm -hmm. Like people ask me if I believe in astrology. Well, I do as much as I can prove it, but someone could come and disprove it tomorrow. And, uh, you know. And then here you are. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. okay. I'm not going to like fight, you know, be like the monkey holding onto the banana, you know. But I think that's because you're so established in your career. You know, if you were early, be like, oh. That would never happen. You know, you'd have that like attachment because it's your identity, but you've probably moved beyond the point where you're like, I need to have my own identity too. Maybe, or maybe it's being a twin and having to fight for that your whole life. But I don't know, I'd I'd be more scared of it going away now because, you know, I'd have to start over at a more advanced age. Yes, yeah. With the 3D, 5D, I guess, what is the relationship between astrology and sort of that? Because we do talk about that a lot on the podcast Mm. in the least judgmental and in segregationist way as possible where you're not like, oh, 3D and 5D. You know, know, we don't want to be like that. But I do believe that split is happening. So coming at it from that sense that I do believe that there is a progression that we're going through to bring us closer to that, you know, new earth 5D. How does astrology play into that, do you think, into 5D? I think astrology is a great bridge because, you know, I love a good medium and psychic, but it's like, where are they pulling this from? Completely from another realm that's invisible to me. Whereas with astrology, it can give you a map of the sky and say, here 
in black and white is where this planet is in relation to the Earth. It's measured by NASA. So I don't believe that makes it more valid or legitimate, but in the eyes of people who are skeptical or not ready to leave the full comfort zone of the 3D womb, it gives them some sort of, okay, well, here's some proof that they're not just pulling this out of their asses or whatever, <laughs> you know? So I, I think it's a great, it's the I don't know of any other system that actually mm -hmm. does it that simply and elegantly. Mm -hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh my gosh, 100%. I'm excited to talk about 2022. I have your book in front of me, which I'm excited to have and dig into. This is like so clear and perfect. And I always love your graphics Thank and you. designs. But I'd love to talk about first, what are some of the highlights for the year mm -hmm. that you know you both saw when writing the book? Yeah. So we have... Uh, we call it the year of the new abnormal 2022 because we're in this limbo state. Mm -hmm. We know, you know, for I'm sure people have asked you and your guests this, like, when are we going to go back to normal since the pandemic? And we're not going back to that normal. We're going to go to maybe a new normal. But in the in-between space that we're in, we're calling it the new abnormal. And the planets are lining up to help us kind of to push us to start to author that instead of wait for some leader mm -hmm. to show up and lead us there. Like if you have a, if you're looking for a guru in 2022, retire the search. I mean, someone will happily take your money and, you know, so serve you some snake oil, but don't do it. Step into your own leadership and power and find yourself and find your way. So we have the nodes, which are the north node is our karmic, sort of our collective karmic destination. And the south node is what we're still working through. They're going to be shifting out of Sagittarius and Gemini. They've been in these media and information signs since May 2020, right before everything happened with George Floyd and everything that came from that. So we've been in this wild period of disinformation from that and figuring out what's true. Sagittarius rules travel, Gemini rules neighborhoods. And with the North Node in Gemini, we've been taken away from travel and forced to build communities locally. Now we're graduating from that and moving into Scorpio Taurus. So it's going to be about money. I believe that, you know, all the cryptocurrency mm -hmm. stuff that has become weirdly popular, but also the next phase for a lot of things. You know, NFTs, everybody's talking about all of a sudden. I think they may have a moment, a peak moment in the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction on April 12th, because that's going to be a moment for art. Possibly end of July, uh, early August, when Uranus, which rules technology and the North Node, come together. Sorry if I'm astro babbling here. No, I, I like I it. I try to speak English our, and our astro. community is good. Okay, they're good. really they're like good. Well, you definitely want it this summer. There's a Uranus North Node conjunction, meaning they're coming together. Uranus is about technology and innovation. And the North Node is about new models, new paradigms, and in Taurus that is going to touch on money, it's going to touch on the food supply, farming, natural resources, the environment, just our day-to-day -day yeah. lives. So real need to change that up. Yeah. So, and sorry to interrupt. When you no, say please. that, it's like, because I think it's kind of been in the collective lately about, mm -hmm. you know, food 
scarcity and you know it's kind of been like negatively placed in the collective about those sort of systems and processes whether we don't have the supply chain support we don't mm-hmm. have the enough food and of course my perspective is we have plenty it's just not distribute, yeah. distributed appropriately but mm-hmm. what do you what do you say to that i guess because when i'm hearing that i hear what you're saying but then i also hear the the sort of energy that's been put in the collective, which is sort of fear-mongering around yeah. those topics. I'm not big on the fear-mongering yeah. because I think that it's easy to go to. And, you know, while we don't want to be false positive, it's like there's a lot, we have a lot of resources and a lot of agency that we don't acknowledge. So, yeah. and yes, you're right. The distribution of it is where there's real, yes. where there are real issues. Oh yeah, you know, 100%. So with those, I guess, the, all those topics being brought up at that time, what would be a way in which we could see positive change happening? Or do you feel like it's written in the stars and then as we move forward, it's our free will that determines the outcome of the energy that's presented to us. I think of it sort of as the stars are giving us the broad strokes and how it plays out is we we co-create that. We can shape that. Supply chain was something we saw a couple years ago when Saturn and Pluto came together in Capricorn. That's still playing out from early 2020. But where's the opportunity in that? You know, what what are we, you know, we, we couldn't travel in 2021 and 2020 as much, but like how messed up was the world when you traveled? You know, you asked me earlier about retreats. We used to do a retreat in Tulum, Mexico. And the last time I did it, horrible seaweed from pollution. You couldn't like walk a square inch without some influencer taking (laughs) pictures and guilty as charged of doing that too. So no judgment. You got to make a living. But I was like, this is not what it was. My husband went and he was like, didn't he was not a fan no and then it's so funny because i have my amazing influencer friends they're like it is heaven on earth <laughs> yeah it is if you go to the right places yes. but there are a couple of places where i was just like ew yes, this yes. is what the hell where am i yes. like you know and and so it was kind of an opportunity to go enough is enough yes. and let's let's look elsewhere for where you know, because it used to be a place for people to get in touch with themselves and go internal. And then it became all about the external and superficial. And that's where it was just like, okay, that doesn't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know if I answered your question, but I think that with astrology, there are always opportunities. You know, we can't get too comfortable anywhere yes. anymore. Yes. The 2020s especially, they're a decade of great change. Yes. And I've heard too, and I think this kind of relates to you saying that the the theme is the new abnormal for 2022, mm-hmm. that in 2024 is going to be a lot of, like right now from 2020 maybe mm-hmm. until 2024, it's like the big transitionary periods it's kind of in flow, in flux. We are still sort of, you know, in the new abnormal. And then I heard in 2024 is when we make this greater shift to more of that 5D new earth. Is that hmm. what you've heard or seen in astrology? I mean, it does line up in some ways, but we'll see. Pluto is going into Aquarius in 2024, and that's probably where that okay. is coming from. Because Pluto takes 12 to 20 years to go through a sign. Since since 2008, it's been in Capricorn. Pluto tears down in order to rebuild. It, it's, like it, it's like the phoenix that rises and it 
it wipes away what no longer serves us and forces a new model. So it's been in Capricorn since 2008, right as we got a black president in the U.S. I would say the halfway point, we got an orange president. <laughs> and then at the end of it in 2024, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll have an alien, yes. an extraterrestrial. Yes. Come on, bring That's on the UFOs. Yes. yes, I vote yes. Pleiades. Yes, I don't know. yes. <laughs> Do you work with anything with that? Like if Pleiades or Arcturians or Syrians or Orion? I've got the Pleiades tattoo on my left forearm. Do you feel like the Pleiades influences us at all? Like those that star system? I do. Have you ever read Bringers of the Dawn? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was my inspiration for it. I don't know. Yes. It's just like I just I Do you feel like, connected? I do. Totally. I was like, I'm, a, I'm an alien. I took, your, I took your alien quiz. I loved you did? it. Yeah. The starseed one? Yes. yes. Although yes. I wasn't a Pleiadian. What did it say? I an Andromedan. Which okay. Was, I can fine see. with that. Totally. You know, maybe, a, you know, how many lifetimes do we yes. have? Yes. Right? You could Multiple. be both. So she's talking about we have a quiz on the website. Which starseed are you from? And yeah, it's interesting because before I know people that are Pleiadian, and I was like, oh, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not Pleiadian. I'm like very Arcturian, but. Mm-hmm. It's a fascinating thing to think about too. And in one of the books that I really love, it's called Law of One. And they talk a lot about hmm. astrology as like an energetic essence that sort of influences our logos or influences our galaxy and star system. And so the Ooh. Pleiades would essentially have a similar astrology, but it would have totally different energies. And that in each galaxy, it has different types of energetic signatures with everything that affects hmm. it, that makes it a different and unique experience for the creator. So the Pleiades would have like a different energy type for all the astrology. Hmm. So you could go there and it. learn so it all. getting that book. Yes. Because oh, I had good. heard of it, but I've never read it. Oh, so. it's really good. Bringers of the Dawn is also a really, really good yeah. one. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I feel like people who are attracted to alien stuff probably are aliens, right? Uh, 100%. 100%. That's the thing. I think with astrology too, it's like, well, first of all, astrology is such an ancient way of understanding the universe, but it's like when you understand how magical and mystical and nothing really makes sense and everything is energy and everything is matter. You're like, oh, aliens could happen. Yeah. You know, nothing about our existence really makes sense. So why wouldn't it be real that aliens also exist? Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Like how narcissistic are we? I think we're the only ones in this vast galaxy. Bitch, please. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And and I don't want that to be true. Exactly. (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about the the north nodes that you were talking about. Yes. Um, What is your north node? In Pisces. Ah. So in Pisces sun and then north node in Pisces. 88. Yes, 88. Mm-hmm. She got it. What is When you're reading those North Nodes for our astrology as a collective, is that a North Node for Earth? Or what sort of, how are you determining yes. that? Okay. Yes. So at the moment of your birth, that's where the North Node cool. was for Earth. You know? mm-hmm. So yes, the transiting North Node, as they would call it. Mm-hmm. So whoever's born in that period will have that North Node. Okay. And what does it mean when you have the same North Node as your sun sign? Yeah, I love that. So I believe that when you have the same North Node as your sun, the same South Node as your sun sign, which is your past lives, then you're like, you know, maybe kind of spiritually coasting in this lifetime. Your 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 soul is a little bit of a spoiled brat who was like, you know, I was the varsity jock and the homecoming queen, and it was so good that I think I'm going to come back and go to high school again. So you get your ass kicked a little bit. But if you're North Node and your son are in the same sign as yours are, then you're a little bit of a late-blooming star. 
you're here to you're 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 like oh could I uh, could I be that person? Mm-hmm. So you never fully realize when you're younger how powerful you are, and then you kind of rise into it. I think it's a very graceful. Oh. So the South Node Sun person to balance out that spoiled brat energy mm-hmm. has to do service work. I have a friend who was an actor and her South Node and Son were together and she had to be a waitress for many years and that was her karmic debt. But then she ended up doing a one-woman show about being a waitress and, cool. you know, so it worked out really well. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And for, can we explain a little bit about North Nodes and South Nodes? So when people yes. are looking at... Their North Node, like what is the North Node? What energy does it bring to someone's chart? And what is the South Node? Okay, so the South Node is what you were in your past. I love that's 444, as I'm saying yes. that. Repeating numbers. Wait, repeating numbers is my thing recently. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yes, hugely. Okay. There's so much to Good talk call. about. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> so, but the South Node is who you were in your past lifetimes. It's the energy you've mastered. It's what you have a spiritual PhD in. Mine is in cancer. Cool. And, I don't uh, know mine. Uh, Virgo. It's always in the opposite. Um, yeah, Virgo. It's always in the okay. opposite sign of your North Node. Okay, cool. Okay. So you're moving from one extreme to the other. So you've mastered being a Virgo. You've mastered being organized and neurotic and yes. healthy. And oh, see, that's perfectionist. All right, we'll get back to LA on that in a minute. And then the North Node is the journey you're going on. It's the new language you came here to speak. The South Node is your native language. You'll still dream in Virgo, but you're learning to speak Pisces. And since you chose to be a Pisces, you really must want to learn this stuff. It's interesting that I have a Virgo rising too. Yeah. So my I present as a Virgo, which was my past life mm-hmm. in my South Node. Yeah. And then my intimate self is my same as my North Node. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, you're your essential self. You're a Pisces learning how to speak Pisces. Yes. Who's really good at speaking Virgo and presenting as a yes. Virgo. Yes. I know sometimes I have like annoyed with my Pisces. <laughs> like can, a, yeah, yeah. The depth. <laughs> the, so I I call it a spiritual temper tantrum. So whenever you're going from your south node to your north node, it's like pulling two magnets apart. So I have a Cancer South Node and a Capricorn North Node. So in my past lifetimes, I was always a mother and a wife and I was in the private sphere. And so, and the Cancer, Cancer is associated with the mother. And my childhood reflected that. Yours may reflect Virgo. So mm-hmm. my dad is from another country. I didn't even meet his family till I was 13. I was surrounded by my mom's family. There hadn't been a male born on that side since 1908. It was all women, all wow. girls. Yeah. It was like, girl, 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 women. Wow. I was a Girl Scout till an unnatural age. It was like... <laughs> unnatural age. <laughs> You're like mom, literally. That was my mom one year. She got me a Nintendo. And I was like, I'm having sex at this age, mom. Like I was like, we are like not apart. But yes. I'm yes, like, yes, girl. And then the Capricorn North Node was is about career. So I was still always very ambitious. But you'll be clumsy with your North Node at first. Like I'd start businesses and like, you know, just like get promoted to some leadership role and not really quite know what to do. It's, so it's like your North Node keeps calling to you. Like you probably were always called to the sort of Pisces woo, but your Virgo side may have been skeptical. And I don't know, were you like mm-hmm. 
a, a journalism major or something like that. I was communications and sociology. Yeah, yeah that's but very I actually Virgo. wanted to do media journalism. Yeah, totally Virgo. Yes, very. Virgo. Yeah. I know. I was like, I when I found out my Virgo, I felt so much more like myself. I was like, okay, this makes sense mm-hmm. to me. But with the past lives, how do you integrate past life work with it? Like, yeah. have you done past life work, and then you kind of see how that fits into your self yeah. node? Didn't always fit into the the past life readings I've had. So it doesn't. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's just it's like a knowing. It's like I. Mm-hmm. You just are naturally good at things. Like I've seen Leo South Node people can sit down and play the piano by ear. Or, you know, Virgo South Nodes who love to clean obsessively or are good writers. They're either really good or like dyslexic. I know. (laughs) It's like you will not go into your Virgo. You know, they're great at measuring and building things, you know. Yes. And if you want to have a child who has the same nodes as you, get pregnant at 36. So... Really? Because <laughs> it's every 18 and a half years. Wow. Like I had my daughter when I was 37 and we have can we both have cancer south node, which is makes it nice and easy. Really? Although you do have the same karmic path. So. How does it make it easy? Because you're kind of spiritually in sync. I think of the people who share your nodes as being from the same soul family as mm. you. You're walking the same path. Like my, so my, I was born in 1972 and everybody in my grade, we all had Capricorn North Node, meaning we're learning how to be these hyper achievers. We had five valedictorians in our class. And this was like in Detroit, like not where it was academics were prized. And it never happened in any other year. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. I'm actually from Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw you're from Ohio, right? I know. I saw. I was like, Detroit. I was like, this is a woman after my own heart. I love people from the Midwest. Me too. We are the best. The best. We're just easy. So what would you say for people that are preparing for this year to maybe some practices they can do or just ideas and concepts they can keep in mind as they're navigating the year so they can feel prepared? Okay. I want you to think of December, really January to May, and then May to October is two different cycle. So Jupiter, which usually moves once a year, but is doing like chunks of the year for the 2021 and 2022. So Jupiter is going to be in Pisces, December 28th, 2021 to May 10th, 2022. So that's a time of really getting into your spiritual work, connecting with compassion, connecting with your creativity, letting go of things, allowing things to flow. And then from May 10th until October 28th, Jupiter's in Aries. It'll be in Pisces. Then again, one more little run at the of the end of the year, but we, nobody's thinking about that yet. For the spring and summer and fall, Jupiter and Aries is about taking initiative. So do like that visualization and trying things until May and then really get ready, like commit to something in May when Jupiter's in Aries, which is about you taking a bold trailblazing move. Mm. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So kind of the preparation and intentionality and then really steady putting it in motion in May Mm -hmm. is a good concept. And then we're going to be in the year of the water tiger starting February cool, 1st. from Chinese. From like, yeah. Okay. So Chinese lunar astrology divides up the decade in two-year periods, each ruled by an element. So the first two years of the decade are ruled by metal, which is about creating infrastructure, which has been 2020 and 2021. We have an inf- infrastructure bill being made. and Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then the two and the three year are water, which is about you've built the pipes. Now it's time to turn on the taps, let things flow. Mm -hmm. And then the four and five years are when things uh, become, again, our wood years when we start to sort of plant and build. So that's interesting that people have said that 2024 will start to normalize things because I do think that we need these flowy water years of 22 and 23 to going to be a little messy and runny and experimental or maybe very yes <laughs> we have to like fuck things up before we can, yes <laughs> you the, know the like chaos. normalize them yes. again you know and I, I know i thought about that from like an energetic like the importance of the feminine and that so it's like when we're rebalancing from the masculine mm-hmm. to the more feminine mm-hmm. you know going from the patriarchy or more to like a, a matriarchy i guess or maybe balancing it out it's like the feminine brings that chaos, which mm-hmm. sort of needs to break up that order. Yeah. And so it feels a little chaotic right now, but that's part of the process mm-hmm. of the recreation of what we want to see, you know, in the mm-hmm. world. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? <laughs> what? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't <laughs> because I'm experiencing you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends and they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense and she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. So 2020 was like, I feel like so crazy. And Mm -hmm. 2021 was crazy as well. But I think it was like 2020 was like that, the whoa. 
2021, we were sort of a little bit more used to it. It felt a little bit uh, calmer. Mm -hmm. What did you look at when you were looking at 2020 and 2021 and then 2022? Like, what has been your initial thought and feeling looking at those years and 2022? Yeah, like, what has been your initial thought just so we can gauge the comparison of the three? Well, one of the cool parts of that is looking at the Chinese animal archetypes, the Zodiac, because they're each associated with a planet. So 2020 was the year of the rat, and the rat is Jupiter, Um, and Jupiter is about excess and everything getting big and spreading. I mean, you know, rats spread disease, but there's that obvious metaphor. But Jupiter made it as global, too. So we had a global pandemic in the year of the rat, and so we had this big Jupiter global awareness moment. And then 2021 has been the year of the ox, which is ruled by Saturn. And Saturn is about is the opposite of Jupiter. It's about restriction, structure, calmness, you know, plowing the field. So, you know, whereas we're all like running around like rats in a maze in 2020. And also Jupiter is about higher education. I mean, how many online courses were birthed in 2020? Zoom calls, everything. It's like overload of everything. Everything had, you know, you could attach fatigue to the end of it. 2021 was calmer, Saturn, step by step, we'll get through it, patience, but also like, why is everything going so slow? And 2022 is the tiger, and that is ruled by Uranus, which is about chaos, to your point, and revolution, and emotional detachment. The tiger is a very sort of, you know, insular, solar animal. I'm so solo animal, sorry. It's Uh not solar, it's Uranian. So innovation, science, please, like somebody get rid of this goddamn pandemic already during the year of the tiger. But it could also be a little little heartless, a little cold. And so I'm not looking forward to that because we need more heart. But it is it is a year to think differently. That was also partly why we called our called 2022 the year of the new abnormal. On the cover, we have something we have a woman in a tiger suit, yeah. and we have a myrrh person for the Pisces energy, and then we have, you know, a gender fluid mermaid for the Aquarian age. Because this is like all these energies in this big weird stew. With Chiron, so I want to talk a little bit about Chiron because that's something I've been learning more about is Chiron. And so first I want to understand what is Chiron in the chart? What is that energy that that Mm -hmm. Chiron brings? And Chiron's an asteroid, correct? Yep. Okay. And Chiron is an asteroid that's kept in in our orbit or where is it located, I guess? Yeah, it's in the asteroid belt. It's So it makes a rainbow bridge kind of shape. Cool. And it is, so some say it's a comet. Some say it's, you know, it's still even debated by some. But it is representative of the wounds that you bring in that you're here to heal for others. It's the key. It's between Saturn and Uranus. So Saturn and Uranus have opposite forces. Saturn is about structure and Uranus is about chaos. Saturn is like the the parent and Uranus is the rebellious teen. So it's kind of a, con- I think of it as kind of a connective tissue between the two. And Chiron in your chart can show you where you need to heal 
And where when you do or as you do, you can bring healing to others. Where is your Chiron? Wow, that's interesting. Let me look. What, what's your guess? Actually, why do you why do you guess that? I tried to remember. That's based on what I think, where I think it was in 88. You're smart. <laughs> I might be wrong. Chiron is in Gemini. Oh, hey, I just hey, looked a I'm lot the of best charts. Like, in really the world. good memory. Chiron in the 10th house at 23 degrees. Okay, in Gemini. So your healing is in the 10th house, which is about being a public figure, career, leadership through Gemini, which is presenting different points of view through using your voice, through media, maybe a podcast. Yes, I don't know. Maybe. It says you have a somewhat rebellious sense of authority. I'm like, that's the biggest facts. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, the 10th house is authority. So you're reinventing what authority looks like. Yes. There's a part of you that's rebellious and then a part of you that's very, it's all about like, you know, this the saying of not throwing out the baby with the bath water. When you want to find the midpoint of Saturn and Uranus or the happy medium, it's like, you know, take the best, leave the rest. Let me think of another cliche, but you know, <laughs> yes. like rules, you know, which which part of the rules and the law is outdated and which part has still some value, but maybe needs to be reinvented. Yes. So people can look at their Chiron to understand what they're looking to heal in mm -hmm. this lifetime. Oh, yeah. that's powerful. Okay. So then you could basically determine it, you know, in reading mine, there obviously is, I could look more and no more. There's room for opportunity, but I feel good that I feel like I'm on the path to healing, whatever that is. Yeah. So people can look at that and sort of see a guidepost for where they're needing to go with some of their deepest healing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's sort of like what you've always been dealing with. It's like, it's not even optional. It's like, this is what I do to, you know, this is this, is this area that I'm always struggling and learning in and then sometimes feeling really powerful. But I have this, it's like where you're protective of the underdog too. So if you see somebody who is being silenced that would upset you with Chiron and Gemini. Yes. You know, or oh, yes. uh, imbalanced relationships yes. that aren't of give and take. You probably really hate people who are narcissistic and take yes. themselves too seriously. Yes. Who, are, who don't have lightness and playfulness too. Everything. Yeah. That's everything. Do you know about the Chiron return? Tell that, me more. Okay, so for your listeners who are in the 49, 50, 51 age, you get another return. I'm actually in mine now, kind of. So that's the Chiron return, and it is a wild time. Like, it's almost like everything you thought you were doing suddenly stops making sense, and you go through this weird kind of no man's land. I mean, we had so many people coming on our retreats. It's my 50th birthday. I just got divorced, and I'm like, quit, or I quit my job, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I thought, oh, Chiron return, okay. And then, and then they come into this new enlightened version of themselves as they walk through that kind of unknown forest. Mm. What would be, because I would think the Saturn return, like what would be that with the Saturn return? Because we mm -hmm. started the podcast during our Saturn return. I know, returns, I love that. And that was really like the impetus. There's so many women in our community that are going through it or mm -hmm. have gone through it recently. So I guess what is the difference between the Chiron return and the Saturn return and the energies they bring? Yeah, so Saturn brings things into tangible form. So 
And then Chiron is more about an inner healing journey. So the Saturn return is usually when you kind of figure out what you want to be when you grow up. So I, when I used to do readings, I would tell clients, I would get a, a number of clients who are like 25, 26, and they want to go to law school, med school, business school. Like, do you want to, or you just don't know what to do? Because before you take out a hundred thousand oh dollars student yes. loan, mm-hmm. wait till your Saturn return. It's like the it's like grad school, you know, purgatory. It's like, why don't you take that money and travel the world? Because you're about to get hit by a Saturn return, and things will sort themselves out. I also don't think most people should get married before their Saturn return. Some do. And of course, I'm not here to tell you that you're not your marriage isn't going to last. But hey, I'm everyone, like, you know it's going to end. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's more like you may go through some kind of identity crisis. Yes. It's and, almost just like the reintroduction yeah. of yourself and your partner needs to happen. Yeah, you know, because you're totally different. Yeah, you don't even know who you are I until your Saturn return fully. You do, but it like it just puts it into form. Yes, you separate and individuate from your parents deal with those dad issues, mm-hmm. all important stuff. So Mine was like mom issues. So it's, <laughs> I love the point of that internal change with the Chiron. Mm-hmm. So it's really, so the Saturn is external, more so like business, career, yeah. relationships, those hard decisions in your life that really set the trajectory for the rest of your life from for an external 29 years, then yes. you get your second one in your mid-50s. And that's when a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people in their second Saturn return around 56, they finish a career path and start to do something more meaningful and less money focused. Yes. And sometimes they have an elderly parent that they have to take care of and they switch into the role of the the caregiver for a parent. Mm. So that 29-year Saturn, between Saturn returns is like establish yourself at the first one, do something really meaningful, make your legacy, and then Try to create it so that you can choose to move on from it if you want in your mid-50s and and give back. Mm. But it's all about like being a baller in between, I guess. <laughs> yes. I'll take it. Is your is menopause happening around your Chiron return? I that's mean, a weird question. It could, but, uh, but I was for just trying people. to I yeah, was just yeah, trying yeah. to think of like how the yeah. cycles of your everything. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. You know? It does for many people. Yeah. You know? Because I could see with women too, like I will expect for myself when I go through that, that it would almost be like that body renewal. You know, mm-hmm. there's a vibe that women have at that age that's so like intoxicating. It's oh, just yeah. so like do not care. Well, my my awesome hairdresser who I've gone to for 21 years. She owns an amazing salon called Dop Dop. And she's also like a transformational teacher and leader. And she's telling me she's in her 50s. And she said that when she turned 50, her friend said to her, welcome to the decade of not giving a fuck. Yeah, that's what's up. I was like, ooh, I got one more year till that. Yeah. I'm kind of now looking forward to it. I do... And our my amazing naturopath, her name's Dr. G. She says she's always telling me how your hormones change and you move away from being the caretaker as you get into perimenopause. And so that probably gives you the decade of not giving a fuck and the ability at a Chiron return to detach from taking care of everyone else and fall finding out who you are in ways that you didn't even have the interest or courage or wherewithal to do. Isn't that beautiful that the energies of the universe support us in that? You know, where you're needing that push from the stars to rediscover and redetermine who you are. 
Absolutely. It's really beautiful that that happens. I think so too. So you're 33, yeah. which is like, I love that Christ age. Year. It is. Yeah. It's good. It's a good age for marriage. Yeah. You know? It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We met at 25. Okay. So we were been dating oh, for eight years or something since. And so we wow. went through our Saturn returns together and. Smart. Yes. Smart move. Yes. Wow. A Taurus waited that long to get married. Yes. Yes. I yeah. <laughs> I remember the first two years in, he's like, I'm, let's get married. I'm ready. And yeah. then I think we really started our Saturn returns to change. And hmm. we were just, there was so much that we were wanting to do and grow through that we waited for a long time, which felt really nice, actually. That's great. That's great. What year was he born? 1987. Okay, so yeah, he's yeah. probably got a Libra South node, yes. which yes. is someone who is always married. Oh, and really? Yeah. Yeah, he's very like it's a natural husband and very partner. partner like yes, but, like mm-hmm. loves that role, and it's really refreshing because I think there's the Sag part of me, the rebellious Pisces, like Mercury and Aquarius part of me that's like, what is you know what I mean? Just kind <laughs> yeah. of like looking around. <laughs> I do want to talk about for 2022 the Mercury retrogrades we can watch out for. Yeah, and I think just to start out too. So a lot of our community is very astrology. Curious, a lot of them are, you know, they know a lot and they've been studying for a while. Mm -hmm. But just to sort of like create a foundation for everyone for Mercury retrogrades, because I think almost now it's like a meme where people are like, Mercury's in retrograde. Pumpkin spice latte of astrology. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Why do you think it's become that sort of meme? And then what in 2022 can we look forward to? I mean, I'm just going to blame it on the Google algorithm because, you know, that's that's why everybody knows what they know. But it's yeah. Can I rail against an algorithm? It's 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 one of the banes of the age of Aquarius and all this innovation. <laughs> it's that I think that you know algorithms are awesome to help you get discovered, but they're also horrible because they silo information. So. You know, as people were able to find out, oh, everybody's really Googling Mercury retrograde. So mm-hmm. this paper that used to scorn astrology is now going to do a Mercury retrograde post. And, you know, so everybody kind of jumped on the bandwagon of it. And that's how we're getting our information now. So it's it's an algorithm thing. But it's good that people know about it, I guess. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, know. I just have mixed I, feelings. It's one of those things where it's like I liked to talk about it until everyone talked about it. And then I'm like, I never want to talk about that again. Yeah. That's exactly. like with me with everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, da 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 da. That's then, your Sag moon. That's my You're Sag like, moon. I'm baby. Ahead of the curve. Yes, yes. I'm do like over it. Don't care that. about that. So but it is interesting in the shadow. I usually get it in the shadow mm. of Mercury retrograde. Usually things will happen. But do you are you would you say that, because this is what I've heard as well, that for folks Mercury retrograde will be hard for them if there are parts of their life that they need tending to as far as organization and communication. But Mercury retrograde will be kind and easy for them if they've really been mindful and present about tending to those parts of their life that are related to Mercury. That makes sense. That makes sense for sure. I think Mercury retrograde, you know, comes and shows you where you have unfinished business. Any retrograde does. But Mercury, because it is the closest planet to the sun, it's the messenger, it provides us with immediate day-to-day life information. It's like, hey, bitch, you've got a pile to clean up here. You didn't call this person back, and you better answer those 4,000 emails that are you know, showing up in your inbox. Whereas a, you know, an outer planet like Jupiter or Saturn retrograde is more of a slow process. Mm. 
But that makes sense that, yes, indeed, it definitely shows where in your life those themes Mm -hmm. need to be dealt with. Are there any interesting Mercury retrogrades next year people can be on the lookout for? (laughs) Yeah, they're going to split their time between air and earth. So so it's mid-January, mid-May, and then September 9th. So um, half Aquarius, Capricorn, Gemini, Taurus, Libra, Virgo. So the first part of it is going to be about rethinking how we think, getting information and data and technology all sorted out. And then the latter part of it, when it goes into the earth sign, will be about like reworking our daily lives and habits and routines. So get get ready to do that. January 14th to February 3rd is the first one in Aquarius until January 25th, then Capricorn for the, the back half of it. The back Capricorn one might be kind of Intense. Yeah, well, January is interesting because January 2nd, we have the first new moon of the year, and it's a super moon in Capricorn. So they don't always come that early, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they do. But So we're really going to be in that goal mode pretty quickly. Yes. And then, yeah. Which people love. Yeah. I'm like not ready for it. No, no. I'm like, let's just relax. No, although with Jupiter going into Pisces, into your sign on December 28th, you're going to snap right into it. You will be ready for it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about, so that was Mercury retrogrades, the inner planets. So I actually didn't even know that that had a a term of what the inner planets are. So what are the inner planets? What are they? Versus the outer? Yeah. So the inner planets are the ones that are um, closest to the sun and move relatively quickly and affect our daily lives. So that's Mercury, uh, Venus, and Mars. Because Mercury takes um, about three weeks to go through each sign, Venus a month, Mars six or seven weeks, except one retrograde. And the outer planets are from Jupiter to Pluto. They're slower moving. Jupiter takes a year to go through each sign. Saturn, two and a half to three years. You know, Uranus, seven years. Neptune, 12. Pluto, up to 20. So they affect more themes of a generation or a Got year. Got it. And then the inner planets affect more of things that would affect us on a daily basis. Exactly. Okay. Our love lives, our ambitions, how we communicate, our social lives. So, Yeah. Is there anything crazy happening with the inner planets in 2022? Well, both Venus and Mars are going to be retrograde this year. So Venus until January 29th in Capricorn, and then Mars later in the year in Gemini. So Okay. Yeah. And what will that bring? Uh, rethinking of love lives, friendships, social contracts, that kind of thing. Mars, you know, can disrupt the harmony, can create fighting, but also a chance to really like... You know, if you're being overly nice and not saying what's there for you, it can it can make us direct in places that we're not being. So wow, okay, yeah, but we gotta play. We gotta take extra precautions <laughs> and play nice. I'm down with that. Last thing is talking about the numerology. So next yeah. year's a six. What what does that mean? And I actually yeah. don't know much about numerology. Yeah, numerology is fascinating. So tell me your date, and I'll tell you your March 9th, 1988. Okay, so, so that's you had three, three nine. nine, and then there's a little trick where if you're born in the 80s, you just take the last number. And, okay, and it's, so three, it's nine, eight, eight, right? Three, nine, and eight, so that's 12 and eight, which is 20, right? Yeah, so you're two, which okay. is about relationships. Cool. Yeah, so there are the numbers one through nine, and 
you add up all the digits in your birth date and you get your personal number. I'm a six. And then you also, there's also a number for the year. It's called the universal year. So you add up just the year. So 2022 is two plus zero plus two plus two is six. six. Got Mm -hmm. it. And so from January 1st to December 31st, that's the collective energy. So we've just been in a five year, which is about intensity and, you know, which, you know, a bit of chaos fun uh, celebration, but excess. So we did have people like, you know, partying on and being a bit, you know, pandemic be damned. The sixth year is more about taking care of each other's service, creativity, nurturing home. So it's going to be a nicer vibe. Got that chaos vibe though, too. Yeah, well, that's the five. The six year, yeah, we have the chaos from the year of the tiger. Yes. So, you know. An interesting balance. Yeah, just like this year, we had Saturn and the ox being slow and boring, and then the five year being crazy and, you know, party wow. animals. So it's like you could feel both of those energies too in the year. Yeah. Because you could feel the slowness mm-hmm. and then at times the rapid pace. Yeah of the year. This has been so incredible. And I know that so many women of our community are interested in astrology or they're astrologers or just really love it. So for you being so seasoned and established, what are some of the resources or tools that would be helpful for them? Well, we have, if you go to galaxy.astrostyle.com, we have a ton of courses. You can learn anything from beginning astrology and chart reading to a deep dive into every planet to astrology that's applied to entrepreneurship and soul-centered business ownership to relationships and feng shui and parenting. Mm. So we, we love applied astrology. I love Stephen Forrest's work. He's an evolutionary astrologer. Cool. What does that mean? That mean that's choice-centered astrology. Okay. So it's a great branch of astrology that's like you are co-creating with the universe rather than the predestined. I love the kundalini of astrology. Cool. And that is about the different phases, the Chiron return, the Saturn return, all the different phases when you'll face astrological sort of identity crises or evolutions. I think your audience would be really interested in that one. And then your new book is The Astro Twins 2020 Horoscope. It's beautiful. There's tons of really beautiful illustrations. There's like whole chapters on every sign. Mm -hmm. It has so much information. And I love these because it's one of those books you can read with friends. Oh, absolutely. You know, you can be like, oh, what's yours? What's going on with you? What's going on? And you can reference it through the year, which is incredible. Yeah. it's You can get it as a PDF or a paperback or both. We have a because a lot of people like both. So we designed it to be left out on your coffee table or your bedside table, flipped through. At the back are what we call hot spot dates. So the most important dates of every month for everyone. But there's a chapter for every sign. And we also have chapters about what each planet is doing and why it matters, how it'll shape society in a bigger trend. And uh, we, we have a special code for your listeners. You to do. Get 20% off. Wow, it's almost 30. Yes, so, baby. Yeah, make it easy. She knows. (laughs) I was going to say, we always have to keep it almost there. I swear, sometimes our community will just shop somewhere and just put in almost 30, see what happens. Uh, But that sounds incredible. So 20% off the book using code almost 30. And then Mm -hmm. where's that 20% off? Amazon or Target or? Uh, No, it's on uh, on your website. AstroStyle.com slash 2022 book. Perfect. We'll put that 
in the show notes for you all as well. And then we can also share it online. But this has been a pleasure. It's been really great to drop in with you. And yeah, you're just really personable and easy to talk to and really warm. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much. Thank you. You guys know where to find them. You know, the Astro Twins for astrology. And we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Ophi, of the Astro Twins. You can get their book wherever books are sold now. And it is the Astrology Report for 2022. I'm excited to see you all at camp. And January 22nd, 2022, it is free. And we are really looking forward to connecting with you in community. You can register for free for camp at almost30.com slash camp. Cannot wait to see you. And thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. As always, just bringing you brands that we really, truly love and use ourselves. Thank you to Hum Nutrition, Array, Primally Pure, Sakara, and Joybird. For all information, discount information on these brands and more, you can go to almost30.com and scroll down to partnerships or you can check out our show notes. Thank you all so much for listening. If this episode or any other episode has just touched you in any way, we would love for you to review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can write a five-star review. We would love it. We read them all. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Almost30.com, Almost30 Podcast, wherever you're looking for information about us. We love you so much. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye.